Everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 9, issue 405. It's three games in our Donkey Konga trilogy show. Don't suppose they ever thought of it as a trilogy, but there are three of them. Joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 405, are Brian, Lord of the Bongos Edwards. I'm Oye Como, very excited to be here. Am I right? Oh. All right. <laughs> Darren, Diddy's Ditties Garget, maybe please say titties. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> and Leah Bongo Maniac Haydu. It it's been a while <laughs> since to, I was on a podcast. Yeah, do what I did. I, I also and, did the, the thing. <laughs> and to the person who recently uh, unsubscribed from our Patreon because we've been too silly recently. Um I guess you won't be listening to this show. <laughs> uh but I think we'll have probably all said bongos and conga enough times by the end of the show to for those words to lose any meaning they had at the start. <laughs> Donkey Konga then. Play along with your favourite tunes using the all-new DK Bongo controller. The simple controls incorporate both drumming and clapping for a unique experience that will appeal to gamers of all ages. Multiplayer musical mayhem. Connect up to four DK Bongos for rollicking jam sessions or match your rhythmic prowess against a rival in the two-player versus mode. More than 30 familiar songs, ranging from kids' medleys, only in the US version, to classical, to pop favourites. With three difficulty levels and five modes of play, count them five, Donkey Konga will have gamers everywhere drumming, clapping and dreaming of musical fame and fortune. Mm. That's me. That's what I did. I, I, def- I definitely uh, had, you know, extensive plans as to how I was going to become a bongo master. Um, yeah. Which, yeah. The original monetization right there <laughs> is becoming the bongo master. Please Do you reckon like anyone's ever done the conga while playing this game? Is that a joke that's ever happened? Have they I, gone I mean, it's through? A, it's, it's an easy shot. They have to have done that, right? Like yeah. somebody, somebody somewhere. Bongos round your neck on a piece of string, kind of thing. That's yeah, it. yeah. Grass skirts, garlands, and all the all the, all the rage of all the congering type. Um, you know, um, if this had happened today, there would be an official Nintendo peripheral to attach the bongos to your neck. <laughs> <laughs> the bongo vitality sensor. <laughs> oh. Um. So yeah, there are three games in a trilogy traditionally, and they <laughs> they got these out quick smart. So, and what we're going to do is because in this case, I feel like the there are more similarities and differences between these three games we're going to pretty much cover them all in one go but we'll talk about some of the differences as we go along so shortly after donkey konga 2 came along with the blurb rock out with new game modes drum to your own beat in freestyle plaza we'll see how well you and your friends sync up as you share a dk bongos controller in concert mode Hmm. um who knows which of these modes we'll have played i i suspect you know, we may have dabbled, but anyway, we'll come to that. So Namco made these for Nintendo. This must have been after Namco and Nintendo had already worked together on Star Fox Star Assault. Assault. Yeah, yes. that sounds right. Okay. And more on why it was Namco in a bit. Uh, the director is uh, Hiroyuki Onoda. 
interestingly, previously worked on Ridge Racer Revolution on the PS1, Ace Combat 3 Electrosphere, and Mr. Driller Drill Land, a GameCube exclusive, hopefully, we believe, possibly coming to the Switch very soon at the time of recording. But oddly, the director of this game had not worked on a single Taiko no Tatsujin game. So the point being that this is effectively a reskin, a Donkey Kong Nintendo reskin of an already successful series of drumming games, Taiko no Tatsujin, literally meaning expert of large drum. Uh, it's a series which is still going in Japan, and we fairly recently had PS4 and, and Switch games. Mm. But yeah, for whatever reason, it appears that based on the credits I looked at, I didn't see much connection in the teams that actually made the games. Mm. Producer was Hiroshi Igarashi, worked on Pokemon Ranger after this, as well as Beautiful Katamari and Katamari Forever for Namco. And the designer, here's where the Taiko comes in, though. Importantly, Hiromi Endo uh, has most recently worked on the those PS4 and Switch games, Taiko no Tatsujin Drum Session and Drum and Fun. Uh, as a music management person. And the entire trilogy is GameCube only, GameCube exclusive, the three of them. So they came out, Donkey Konga, the original, was 12th of December 2003 in Japan, followed September 20, 2004 sorry, in the USA and the following month in the UK and the EU. The sequel, subtitled Hit Song Parade, was July 2004 in Japan, so they got the second game before we got the first game, which is something that used to happen quite a lot. And then the USA was May 2005 and June for UK and EU. There was also a one, a Donkey Konga 1 and 2 pack, which was uh, 7th of January 2004. Yeah, I think that's right. For uh, That was Japan only. And... Donkey Konga 3, Tabe Hudai Haru Mogetate 50 Kyoku, which translates as All You Can Eat Spring 50 Mix, uh, <laughs> Spring 50 Song Mix, uh, was the final game that only came out in Japan 17th of March 2005. And that was it. They were done. Only got Metacritic scores to go on, I'm afraid, but uh, the first one reviewed pretty well with a 76, mostly positive reviews. The second one, not quite so well, but still okay. It's 69. And the third one wasn't reviewed widely outside of Japan, at least. But Nintendo World Report gave it an 8 out of 10. User reviews wise from the punters, the people who play the games, Nintendo Life has them descending from 7.6 for the first one, 7.5 for the second one and 7.2 for the third one. Hmm. Also with a descending amount of people having registered a vote. So hmm. make of that what you will. But this is the kind of region of reception that we're dealing with if you're looking at you know, crowdsourcing average review scores units wise well the original shipped at least 1.18 million the second sold 0.39 million so like under 400k in but that was in the us and the eu don't know how many it sold in japan and for three i could find no figures whatsoever but bear in mind it only came out in japan and probably time had passed i don't know maybe it was maybe it was secretly massive but i doubt it it won an award which was game spy's best use of plastic bongos of 2004 donkey conga appears <laughs> in the 2010 <laughs> book 1001 video games you must play before you die by general editor tony mott i have that book it's a good book. it's now 10 years old thanks moby games trivia and just for a bit of rhythm action context 
I think this is relevant. So we talked about the birth of rhythm action in our Parappa the Rapper podcast some time ago. Seek that out. It's a sort of trilogy show with Amjam Alami and Parappa 2 as well. Parappa came out in 1997. And while we did have an interesting look back in that show at some of the precursors, really, we did sort of agree that Parappa the Rapper pretty much invented a new genre of rhythm action. And so at the time that this game first came out, it was only six years old, that genre. And since Parappa the Rapper, we'd already had the DDR craze, of course, Dance Dance Revolution, Dancing Stage from 98 and still going in 2019, at least, uh, 2020 we're in now. And the Taiko series started in 2001. So it was already two to three years of Taiko no Tatsujin games before Nintendo decided to Donkey Kongerize it. Uh, and yeah, of course, there was also in that time Samba de Amigo as well. Was that 99 Yeah. To, uh, Japan, maybe 2000, 2001. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so yeah, uh, Shaking Maracas. And it has a similar kind of vibe to it, doesn't mm, it, as well? Yeah, and it's got a big monkey in it called Amigo. <laughs> um, and ahead, uh, this was the Donkey Kong games were just ahead. Again, this is just for context of Guitar Hero, which was November 2005, almost an overlap. And it's also worth saying that covers, cover versions were largely the norm in rhythm games and dancing games up to this point. Not always, but largely. And in fact, it was only commonplace to get all actual artists as late as 2007 when Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock and Rock Band hit the shelves. So all the songs, and we'll talk about them, in the Donkey Kong games are covers, I think, but possibly not in the third game on the the Japanese-only game with a lot of the J-pop stuff, so I wouldn't actually know. Anyway, what are our histories? How many sets of bongos did we buy and how much did we beat on them? Leah? Uh, So I had uh, two sets of bongos of of my own. Uh, I don't don't recall if I bought it directly at launch or if it was just close to, uh, but it would have been... um, when I was uh, in graduate school, so I had actual people who would play these games with me, uh, like sitting around in a uh, in a real person living room Opium context. Den. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we were all, of course, extremely high all the time uh, on heroin and whatnot. But um, <laughs> <laughs> grad school, what can I say, man? Um, but yeah, we um, we played uh, quite a lot of this two player and one player, uh, and um, my some of <laughs> some of my favorite memories of the Donkey Kong series though are uh, from a little bit later. Um, I, I posted some pictures today, both in uh, in our Slack and on Twitter, of uh, myself and uh, a few of my other friends sitting around in um, in actually what was uh, my friend Elaine's basement in 2010. Four of us uh, on four sets of bongos. Um, playing our our little hearts out um with with donkey konga so uh i have a lot my my most favorite my most favorite memories of the donkey konga series are definitely the multiplayer uh aspects uh but i did recently um i i don't i swear that i had kept my original sets of bongos but i could not find them so i purchased another set of secondhand bongos uh and um which are actually in really great condition uh i was i was surprised uh and um so I, I I have played some of that uh, via my Wii uh, recently, and uh, yeah, it's still good. Um, I work. I had a lot of fun um, banging on the bongos at 
very early hours to annoy my upstairs neighbors uh who regular listeners may know are jerks um so yeah that's that's uh, still fun but uh but yes i i do admit that i i kind of miss having re- more real people to actually play with mm. one thing i'm curious about so yes. the second game the second and final game from a u.s perspective mm-hmm. came out in may 2005 those pictures you shared which look like they're from 10 years ago <laughs> Are from they, ten they years are ago. From ten years ago, yes. But 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 the game was already five years old then. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm now curious. Were you were you regularly bongoing for five years after this game came uh, out? Not or regularly. Was that a, yeah, that irregularly. Was, it was uh, well. Those those particular pictures were a uh, a New Year's Eve party. So um, you get you get a bunch of nerds. Uh, yeah, but it was still in of, your mind. A bunch of drunk nerds in uh, in a basement. Who? Uh, yeah, I mean, we would have had rock band and uh and guitar hero and everything by that point as well and i don't remember us playing any of that i remember us just playing uh you know rock band and guitar hero and all of that stuff at that point so i i don't yeah right i don't really recall us playing any of those uh at that point though i I mean these weren't people that i saw all the time but um uh you know new year's eve party you get a bunch of drunk nerds in a basement and give them bongos and of course they're gonna hit the bongos (laughs) like i Right. It was it was it was fun, um, and uh, I, I got more opportunities to play like two player stuff around that time period. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that we played them regularly, but definitely more so than now. <laughs> fair, yes, fair. So Darren, we've mentioned before. I think you've been on most of our Donkey Kong related shows. Yes. He's been a, a lifelong inspiration to you, <laughs> even though sure you're has. not like you're not traditionally. What well, I'd say you're not like for those who don't know what we look like and stuff. You're not like a, a gorillary man, really. Not at all. If I'm, any, I'm a bit weedy, really. Yeah, yeah. like Brian's probably more gorilla-like. Mm. I would say if that's okay. This is not an insult. Just slightly more hairy and you know. yeah. I've, um, I've been but, trying to grow a beard for years, and it's just it doesn't get anywhere. Yeah, similar issues. Mm. But there's something about you which sort of encapsulate this. It, it, partly the hair, and it's the just, cartoon to, head. You can say it. And I've got it's a just very, a cartoon head. Yeah, yeah, I've got a very big cartoon head, and you know, it catch me in the right mood, and yeah, I I act like a, like a yeah like a giant ape of sorts. Yeah, I'm very Donkey Kong influenced. In you know, if I've got the energy for it lately, I will you know. Bang bongos all over the place if I have the uh, opportunity to do so. So yeah, um, yeah, DK is very much an inspiration for mine. Hair is, you know, the, the key factor there, definitely. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the moment, it's a nice little side part, and I'm quite enjoying the the relaxed dad mode here. Anyway, bongo <laughs> history. <clears throat> I got this on launch for the GameCube. You know, at, at this point, I was a massive uh, Nintendo fan, probably a fanboy at this point. Um, yeah, and I was well into my music games. I just kind of. Maybe on the tail end of my Bimani spree, I went to. I used to hang around with quite a few people who ended up working for Konami and, and the Bimani um, oh, cool. section. Yeah, right. one guy called Matthew Sexton and Sophie or Safi. Yeah, so we used to go to London and play games like Pump It Up and DDR and uh, Trocadero stuff. stuff. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Right. And we used to play with like DDR with the arrows off, facing the crowd and stuff like that. I, I, no, me and DDR, we had a little bit of a time, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And so I was well into Samba de Amigo. And, you know, the idea of, I had Guitar Freaks, I think, at this point as well. I had the Japanese, well, I had a snide copy, a copy, you know, um, a dodgy copy from Japan and a plastic guitar. And I was rocking out in my, in my, in my bedroom way before Rock Band came along and people were like, what are you doing? And mum was walking in thinking, what is he doing by himself in his bedroom, making lots of noise? And she walks in and I got caught playing on my guitar. Do you know what I mean? So plastic instruments and toys and stuff have always been a factor in my bedroom. And, um, 
so yeah, I bought Donkey Kong on day one for the GameCube and, you know, the subsequent sequels and, you know, the platform game after that. They're all in my house still now. Uh, three sets of bongos in their boxes, beautifully looked after. You know, you always got to polish your bongos. Um, but so, but in between all this, I had pretty much um, been playing rock band and stuff like that. And always, whenever rock band came out and we had enough, you'd always bring up the subject of, well, did you know they made a, a Donkey Kong game with bongos? And that's probably how, you know, it happened in most places where it was like, oh, really? And then you end up getting your GameCube out and playing bongos four player in amongst the rock band sessions because it was just a nice little kind of tail off, so to speak. And speaking of annoying neighbours, um, back when I used to live in, a, in Linslade, which is, you know, up, up the road from where I live now, basically um, my next door neighbour wasn't very happy with the amount of clapping and bongoing going on. And as she walked by the window, she thought, because we were all clapping at the same time, she thought we were waving her in. She was like, <laughs> why is Darren waving me in at 11 o'clock at night? And we were like, no, we weren't waving you in. We were playing this game. And she was like, oh, I didn't believe this nonsense. And just storms off the next day. And you just think, okay, right, okay. And I've always got that story in the back of my head. Like, I can just see this, like, from her point of view, just walking past the window and, like, three or four 20-year-olds just bongoing in the front room and like as if we're like goading her to come in. It's, um... Close the curtains, really. <laughs> to, to be fair, playing bongos at 11 o'clock at night is kind of a dick move. Yeah, well, it is a bit antisocial, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little bit, yeah, but you know what you like when you're 20s. You're a bit of a bit of a wayward individual or foursome, so to speak. Um, and nowadays, I played for it um, via the Wii, and this time, instead of clapping at 11pm, I now tap the side of my drums to prevent my little three-year-old from waking up. So, yeah, that's how <laughs> I played it recently. Um, on, yeah, I'm pretty much on Boxing Day night, actually. I was like, you know what? I'm really out for playing Donkey Kong on my own. Yeah. <laughs> so I just played it uh, <laughs> pretty much in the um, in the late hours. Just I just boshed through the two Konga games. And has um, Ivy had a go? She has had a go. Uh, rhythm is Any terrible. Good? Yeah, but she oh. loves it. Her, her impression of the um, Donkey Konga. I do that bit, and then you just hear this. In the, in the, like, you can just do it and it's like a call it's like a look uh, a, da a daddy daughter call sort of thing like where are you should I probably think? send that to the uh, to the editor Jay for, will, uh, for inclusion I'll, in, in the show I will get that in because it's brilliant you just hear Donkey Conga from my side and you just hear in the other room it's just little Ivy just giving it some she, honestly she loves it and um, yeah the two times we have played one and two she was going absolutely nuts on the bongos and just and then frustrated because she can't actually play it but uh, you know the, the game yeah, the game is quite lenient in its difficulty, so you know it didn't kick her off. You know, like when you play rock band and it goes, you fail yeah. within two seconds of a song. Donkey Kong is a bit easier and it's a bit more friendly, so she appreciated that. Well, I appreciated her on them, so to speak. Hmm. So yeah, um, and then I got the third game from um, Simon Sloth, who's on our forum. We I met up with him the other week. We'll be week. hearing from him later. Yeah, and he, he got us a copy because he was a bit um, drunk and he bought three copies of the game and started giving them out like he was Santa Claus. <laughs> so, yeah, I ended up having one of the copies and I haven't got round to playing it apart from like 10 minutes today because, uh, you know, life is a roller coaster. Just got to ride it. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, <laughs> there's, thankfully, there's no Ronan Keating on any of the versions of uh, Donkey Konga, as far as I'm aware. No boy zone. <sighs> Nor neither. Uh, Brian, Lord of the Bongos. Yeah, they, um, I have a very similar story to Leah, except for um, I was one of the attendees at a party that had Donkey Konga in college. So um, I know that you just kind of went through like the history of rhythm action or like, you know, kind of from Power Rapper the Rapper to, to current. And but my first rhythm game was Donkey Konga. I went home ah. for Christmas that year. It would have been. The Christmas of 2004, I was a junior in college, and a friend of mine had gotten Donkey Konga, and I had seen it in the stores, and I just thought it was like another 
you know, silly, you know, video game additional Nintendo thing I didn't need. And then I played it, you know, for about 10 minutes and immediately took a Christmas gift card and went to, um, went to the store and got it. And yeah, just absolutely, um, just drawn to it. I I play, I'm, I'm a musician anyway. And like, I always thought that like, uh, when I'd see like these gimmick arcade machines, like when I worked at an amusement park when I was a kid, there was an arcade machine that was like a drum master machine. You know, I was like, ah, those, you you couldn't possibly simulate or have fun with that type of stuff when you you got the real (laughs) drum set in your basement. And then I just found myself with all of my friends in college just sitting around till the wee hours of the morning, just, you know, attempting to 100% Oyakomova on Gorilla, (laughs) you know, and, um, and yeah, Uh instantly drawn to it and and absolutely loved it. And so um, it was actually not that long of a wait. I think it was May, um, if I'm looking here, yeah, May of that year, Donkey Konga 2 came out, and I got that with another set of bongos so that we had two sets of bongos in both games in my dorm room, and we just played it nonstop, you know, for you know, months at a time and, you know, until over the breaks and things like that. So, yeah, pretty much early adopter as far as it comes out a few months late. But yeah. And then uh, recently in playing through for the shows, I've been playing it on uh, on my GameCube. I still have my two original sets of bongos. Uh, my my son's been playing along with me uh, very poorly, much like uh, much like uh, <laughs> young Ivy. Um, but uh, he gets kick out of it, too. And um, yeah, no, it's it's yeah, it's, it's uh, been a blast to revisit. Sort of interesting that children seem not born with rhythm generally as such. I don't know if maybe that I'm sure that, you know, I've seen videos of child prodigies on the drums and stuff being unbelievable, but it seems that normally we're not born with an innate sense of timing or rhythm in in that way. Yeah. Coordinating with the, with actually making the things make the noise. Like it's different skill sets. My mother, who is a music teacher and a band director, can't play like guitar hero because it just, Mm. it's a different skill set. It just doesn't make sense to her. Mm Mm-hmm. And I can tell you, my son's general strategy with Donkey Konga is hit both bongos as many times as possible, while preferably yeah. while also yelling. So that's that, that's, that's kind of his that strategy. That seems about right. That'll yeah. also get you a clap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I, I also wanted to say, I think in some ways, coming to Donkey Konga as your first rhythm action game rather than Parappa in particular is probably quite a good thing. As much as we all loved Parappa and it was a very special game and adorable and charming, it was kind of a jerk as well, mm-hmm. like yeah. in terms of actually reading your inputs and things yeah, like I that. Never, so. I never had a PS1 originally, so the only time I played Parappa was at the you know the demo kiosks in the store. Mm. Um, so I was just only lightly familiar with it. But um, mm. Yeah, I, I never I never had Parappa either. I'm butting in on your thing. But yeah, no, I, I no, just, you're fine. <laughs> no, I just just uh, agreeing. Yeah, it's this was pretty much, I, I think this probably was my first rhythm game as well, really. I was just going to say that now, because of Donkey Konga, and I think I need to write a thank you note to somebody at Nintendo, my son can now say the word boombastic. So, I mean, <laughs> we've got that going for us. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, th- I was already into the rhythm action games. I was a Parappa early adopter and played various other things that came out in between times. Mm. Can't think exactly what they would have been, but we also did a frequency and amplitude show that uh, those were two that I absolutely loved. And I would go on to be a huge fan of the Guitar Hero and Rock Band games. So I was up for anything that sort of brought that sort of type of fun to me. And plastic barrel bongos seemed like a, a, as good a way to do it. We weren't getting any of the Taiko games at that point in the West. So this was the way to play it. Um, and yeah, I, I picked them up as soon as they came out, both one and two, each with a pair of bongos. I still have those sets and they both still work. Hmm. And a uh, shout out to Ash Day, friend of the show, listener, who uh, 
offered to lend me three for the show and like Darren have managed to get in a uh, something of a session of it not played every song because there are absolutely tons and loads of them I just don't know um, but it's also a bit of a, a minefield with the menus because ev everything is in Japanese as you might expect but um, but yeah it was uh, there was some some nice stuff on there which we'll we'll talk about later on uh, most fond memories for me were absolutely playing it in multiplayer although I only have a ever had two sets uh, playing two player with with pals different pals that came around and I my fondest fondest memory was actually a New Year's Eve uh, would have been I guess 2004 to 5 probably um, is that does that work based on the when the games came out so yeah September 2004 oh no because it was both of them so it must have been it must have been the end of 2005, actually. So 2005, 2006, um, my partner and I just decided to stay in with a bunch of bottles of alcohol. And we played through the entire song list of both Donkey Kongas 1 and 2 together. Mm. And um, I still have <laughs> just a, a very, very fond memory of that. It was quite a, it was quite a low-key New Year's Eve in some ways, but it was just really nice um, to did, bongo the night Did you clap or did away. you tap? Uh, I'm a tapper. Yeah. We'll talk about techniques. Um <laughs> But you don't, you don't have to do either. Yeah, <laughs> I used to click my fingers at one point, and then I, then my fingers really started hurting after a little while. Say, yeah, like, I yeah. It, it really does depend on how much I have been drinking. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> soberly, uh, taps <laughs> drunkly. Uh... There's a physical price to be paid. Yes, for yes. Different techniques as well. It's true. Rinse, wash, repeat. From the forum says, I can't help but feel like this game started off as a joke at Nintendo and somehow came into existence, like someone made a typo one day. Got a big laugh. Someone wouldn't let the joke die. And years later, I'm buying two pairs of plastic bongos and clapping along to a dodgy cover of Supergrass. All right. I only ever played the first Donkey Konga, so keep that in mind if I forget to mention the 30-hour RPG they put into Donkey Konga 2. Did they? Or the gratuitous violence of Donkey Konga 3? Was there? The bongos themselves were pretty well made, sturdy enough to survive a good banging. Hmm. <clears throat> By design, though, the instrument is incredibly basic, as there's only so much you can do with two pads to strike. To the developer's credit, I feel they got the most out of the bongos that they could. At least that's how I remember it. Keep in mind this was all pre-Guitar Hero, so maybe it was just novelty. With the ability of hindsight, though, you can see that unlike plastic guitars or drums, which offered a much higher skill ceiling, the plastic bongos were never more than a bit of a laugh and never oh. something I wanted to spend hours getting good at. Mm -hmm. Adding to the argument that the game was nothing more than fun was the fact that you didn't need to clap for the controller to register a clap. Pro tip, you can shout a swear word loudly and it works just as well as a clap. Hilarious when you're 17, still pretty funny when you're 33. <laughs> all in all, it's fair to say that Donkey Konga was instrumental ha, in getting the plastic instrument craze moving. Maybe it didn't lead the way or even start the movement, but it was certainly involved. Not bad for what is essentially a typo that somehow turned into three games. <laughs> so yeah, the microphone, I remembered this from loading up the Donkey Konga 3, was the uh, the sort of the one calibration setting that you're given is the microphone adjust, uh, sensitivity adjuster. And by default, it's set stupidly sensitive. So mm. that the, the volume gate need, needed for it to register is minimal. As such, just sort of shifting in your chair registers a clap <laughs> so the one of the first things i always need to do is to put that meter up all, almost all the way up to the right hand side into the the red zone for it not to just register a clap yeah 
accidentally half the time. But as our correspondent says, you can do anything. It's just a microphone. It's just looking for an input. So if you want to shout a rude word, for example, mm. you so can do that. What was everybody's technique where you got to the sections where, you, you know, you'd have the left drum roll section and the right drum roll section, but then mm. the clapping section. What was your technique there? Because we just used to always just like blow a steady stream of air into the microphone to get yeah. as many claps as possible. Oh. I, yeah. I would just tap both of the sides Same. consecutively. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. If you just like, actually... you like whistle into it, like directly into it, it like it's <laughs> it's a comic amount of like the screen is just going. Clap, 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 clap. It's pretty oh, good. Right. Yeah, that good. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because this is a. This is a game that you can score chase if you want to, of course. Every every bongo tap is worth points, or at least every one that's within the window. I never thought of blowing into the mic. I try to, for this my own sense of enjoyment, I try to clap on those bits that are clappity-clap bits. I tend to try to clap rhythmically within them, if you see what I mean. Okay, so yeah. do a little, you know, rather than a sort of thing, just something that actually goes along with the song rather than a kind of weird sort of sudden change to staccato castanet type rhythm. I thought you were going to say you're going to slap your knees really fast, just like, but then like at the end of that. all the songs, you could have like red raw knees. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be right, wouldn't it? Yeah. You wouldn't be doing the conga after that. I'll tell no. you that. No. So the peripherals then, I mean, this is probably the thing that gets talked about more than the games themselves. Mm. And the peripheral did go on to star in one other game that we're covering later this year on the podcast, which is uh, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat, a, a game which we'll talk about this on that show, but a lot of people, I think, assumed was another Donkey Konga game. Even our Chris, Chris O'Regan, who's a, a real you know, serious video game fan and collector and historian, mm. he, he didn't think, he didn't realise there was a platformer that you played with bongos until he saw Mikil playing it on our Twitch channel recently. Uh, but there were only these three. Jungle Beat is indeed a platformer controlled with bongos, more of which later. Uh, the peripherals. So everyone's bongos are still working? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, no problem. Fully functioning bongos. 15 I think, years. I think they're, um, they're kind of ingenious because they, they are, they're actually quite simple, as, as, our, our, uh, as the last piece of correspondence kind of mentioned. There's, a, mm. there's really just the two sensors and the microphone and you know, a start button. So, I mean, there's not a ton... It, there's not a lot of complicated stuff to go wrong with them, and they're pretty well made from I mean, from my experience. I'm sure that if you had uh, constant use over the past 15 years, maybe it would be a little bit different. But um, mm. but yeah, I mean, I as I said, I, I got a secondhand pair of bongos because I couldn't find mine, and they are in wonderful condition. Surprisingly enough, I didn't yeah. uh, I, I didn't you know splurge out and buy a buy a um, new in box copy or, any, or a new in box uh, set of bongos or anything these are just standard uh standard pre-owned bongos that uh were working quite well actually am i right in saying the bongos have like a little kind of crest on the top it's like on the pads themselves they're like, yep. a, like a little oh, indent yeah. crest yeah see i thought if the game when the game gets harder it's gonna offer more taiko difficulty because in taiko like it, it wants you to play sides of the drum like you know in crazily hard so yep. I thought to myself, oh, no, Donkey Kong is going to start getting really hard. It's going to want me to start paddling, you know, patting the bongos mm. on certain sides. But, you know, I'm, I'm quite glad that they didn't go with that from what I experienced in terms of, like, difficulty. Because this game really does, as, as um, the, the forum um, post just said, like, the game really is more about fun than it is about, you know, being the best at Donkey Konga. <laughs> right. But, yeah, well, I remember looking at the bongos thinking... Now that at some point they're going to introduce this kind of difficulty mechanic where I'm going to have to start using my thumb and finger, you know, to um, 
pat either side of the bongo. Uh, yeah, mm. it's kind of misleading, really. I, d- I don't know why you'd have like a little kind of indentation on there other than I don't know a- aesthetic. I don't re- I don't really get it. But yeah. yeah, it did look like I I thought that maybe yeah like sort of a third of the way across there's a sort of groove, isn't there? To yeah. it looks like it's denoting a difference in hitting points that's right yeah because yeah, uh, Taiko does exactly that with its um well i played it in in tokyo on, on the arcades and you kind of think donkey konga was like ripe for the arcade scene as well especially mm. jungle beat because it feels like an arcade game but you know massively so yeah I, yeah i was kind of i wonder the, if they simplified it maybe maybe when they were it may be in development they were thinking yeah. about having tapping the fronts and the backs because i like i i've not, not really i mean i've probably played bongos in school music lessons and stuff but i'm certainly no bongo easter and <laughs> i but ha, i know percussionists and i think if you do just tap at the front you will brian can probably confirm if you if you hit full hand on the whole drum in the middle you'll get a kind of a, a louder more uh, resonant noise than if you just tap the fronts and i did wonder mm. if maybe they were going for something like that yeah, I mean, yeah, you just they, there's definitely a whole art to that that I have no idea about about hitting the rim of your bongo. Like the Tycho gets a lot into that too, like Darren already suggested. Mm, but yeah, um, I I really liked how lenient it was though. Um, I felt mm. like it was a it was really for for me, especially my first rhythm game. Like it was nice to know that whether or not I you know got a a real solid hit on it or just kind of hit the side of it or was kind of rushing to get over there because I was playing a more difficult section. Like I never felt like the controller was punishing me in any way by like no. not registering a hit or, you know, it felt like if anything, and Leon, you kind of alluded to this earlier too, if anything, it's almost too sensitive um, mm. to where everything registers as a hit. But yeah, no, I, um, I was shocked when I, when I got these bongos out of the, the storage that I had. So we moved into this house seven years ago and they've been in there since there and then they were in storage at the last place and i expected to have some sort of issue or lag issue or, or some connection part and they it was like they'd never been used before it was awesome mm. and they're cute because they're barrels right they're donkey kong barrels yeah it's been, there was no other choice was there and you, i always <laughs> want to i always want to prop them in between my legs and just like look super cool but they're so big that they I pop can't, out I, I haven't got the grip on my leg to kind of keep them in there and they're quite nah. slippy as well so they just ping out yeah that's what i was gonna i was gonna ask you guys what your mode of handling the bongos was because i would i would sit on like kind of you know cross-legged on the floor and mm. i put the bongos in between my legs and i actually got to the point when i was in college that i kind of had these two like sore spots like on each <laughs> side of my inner leg because i was just during hard second i'd be kind of squeezing my legs together to keep the bongos straight and i was i would get up and be like oh what is going on so now i've switched to kind of like a uh, tray table type scenario and i got my little rolly chair and i kind of said i can get pretty loud though one of the things i would criticize about the peripherals is they are plastic and although they feel pretty solid and they obviously are durable nintendo quality build and all that the they're quite noisy like they're quite that you talked about the antisocial nature earlier but they're kind of a, they've all even when they were new they're a bit creaky like you know the whole the whole thing kind of creaks a bit as you're holding them yeah you kind of yeah you can you yeah you know they're made of plastic even though they are quite sturdy it may be that the american ones were a better build quality i don't know yeah you know you might know, have been built somewhere else as, they're probably all made in china <laughs> well, or yeah. somewhere what is um, it? But yeah um they've even know, got a little clip underneath to put the um the controller jack in which I thought was a nice touch on oh, each yeah. bongo. Yep. Oh, right. Yeah, nice. Never used it, but... No. <laughs> I was I was actually just um, referencing Leah's picture for research, and it looks yeah. like there's three different uh, modes being utilized. Oh, good. Three okay. Uh, they got, a, Grip got in between the legs, you got in front of yourself on the floor, and kind of like yeah. a hybrid version of the two. Uh, Leah, which one was your preference? 
Yeah, so uh, in the in the picture, um, that that I, I would say that that's a fairly standard uh, bongo posture. Um, I I think that it works to have them sort of uh, sort of secured in like kind of trapped within you know a leg circle, um, so that they can't go too far. Especially if you're tapping on one side, uh, I tend to tap on the right pretty consistently. I guess because I'm right-handed, and that will shift the bongos to the left if you're tapping on the right. If you, you keep going, so you gotta either trade off or have kind of boundaries installed. So yes, I would say that's that's pretty standard. Um, earlier today, I, I tried a, um, I, I had them on kind of a, uh, not a not a coffee table, but like a, an ottoman sort of, um, had a little bit more of a grip. So they were a little bit higher up. So I wasn't bending over because, you know, I'm old and my back hurts sometimes. So I, uh, I had them, had them up a little bit higher and, and that seemed to work out pretty well too. But uh, I, it's, it's, I, you know they they can't be all the way down on the ground. You gotta you gotta be close to the bongos. I I think for optimal bongoing. Sure. Yeah. And I think also yeah. Again, back to the noise issue. Putting them on a little coffee table over your knees or something is quite nice, but it's not conducive if you've got downstairs neighbors or actually anyone else in the house. <laughs> oh my! Oh no! My my neighbors are upstairs, so um, I was oh, just sure. you know I I was just wailing on them real hard so I could. Uh, so I could make the most <laughs> irritate of them as much yes. as possible. God, yeah, the know. other thing about the aging of the bongos that I've noticed is that the the rubber over the top, although it's not perishing, it's just slightly uh, it's slightly off fuzzy. right now. Yeah, slightly yeah. fuzzy. It's a bit fuzzy, isn't it? <laughs> but it's okay, and uh, and it, and it still works. I was wondering, even with Samba de Amigo on the Dreamcast, people made third party maracas. Were there any third party bongos? I don't oh, remember no. seeing any. Yeah, There's I don't. I don't recall. Like a Mad Cat's bongo out there somewhere. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm not sure. With I don't like think so. built-in auto bongo fire. Auto bongo. Well, you can you play. Were... Did, did we mention already? I can't recall uh, that about playing um, with the actual controller. So I mean, if you had a turbo controller, I yeah. suppose you could fix something up like that. I've never actually done that. I've never tried to play it without the bongos. No, I was going to say because I had two sets. I think we did end up. You know, when I had a couple of people around at a time, I think we have ended up playing with the pad, which is obviously an option. It's it's coded in there. You can do it. Uh, and in some ways, you could argue that it might you might be able to get better scores with a pad. Probably, but I think it would it, for me. Lose at so least. Much. Yeah, it just that yeah. that's part of the fun is for me is uh, and I the imagine bongoing. for many people is yeah actually playing the bongos. Yeah, according there to is. um to to. Uh, everybody's favorite website cheapassgamer.com mm-hmm. there's a third party uh pelican bongo yeah just put an image in the sky mm-hmm. oh, okay <laughs> apparently I'm according glad somebody did it. according to this one person's review they're not very good i won't use the words he used but <laughs> they're not sure. very good <laughs> i wonder how many pairs they manufactured between 2003 and 2005 how many of those are now melted or landfill how many of those are still in functioning use how many of those are in the hands of collectors like did they make literally millions of these there's a documentary waiting to happen it's going to be like the et all over again isn't it what i will say was uh i i did not know how difficult they were going to be to find uh when when i discovered that i didn't have my pair anymore they're they're not no that that's i didn't know if they were going to be difficult i suppose i should say yeah i i didn't know what to expect whether they would be really expensive or whether you know it'd be 
difficult to find ones that were in good condition, but mm. I really didn't have any trouble. Uh, I, I found them and I think that I paid 25 or $30 for a set, which I would say is probably about what they were when they were new. Probably, uh, yeah. Um, but mm. uh, yeah, no trouble. They I and and uh, came very quickly and I was very happy. I, um... Yeah, it's one of those games that I always kept them because i always assumed they'd be worth something one day it's like no one's gonna buy this it's gonna be worth a fortune in the future and then i went around a charity shop the other day and there's like a pair sitting there for like a five oh, really? and i was like okay i guess there are plenty of bongos kicking around late and buzzard at least yeah <laughs> as, a, too never many. Really tell. as someone who Sometimes, goes to a lot of secondhand uh, stores and goodwills and things like that there's not nearly as many of them as there are like every one of those places is a guitar hero graveyard but oh we um, fit balance but boards the the donkey Kong I, bongos yeah. are normally fewer and farther between but you'll still see them every once in a while Hmm. <laughs> so the reason that everyone comes to the Donkey Konga trilogy, of course, is for the backstory. And the first game has has one. <laughs> and one day, Donkey Kong and Diddy discover a pair of odd barrels on a deserted beach. After showing the barrels to Cranky Kong, they learn the barrels are really a legendary musical instrument that plays music not only when you drum on it, but also when you clap. Ah, yes, haunted bongos, excellent. Donkey Kong <laughs> christens the instrument, get this, the DK bongo, and he and Diddy decide that they will become famous musicians, get rich, and buy all the bananas they could ever want. Definitely made up in a bar on a napkin. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like a pair of odd barrels. The whole Donkey Kong universe is filled with odd barrels. You know what I mean? All of a sudden they found someone on a beach, and Whoa, what's different about these ones? That's <laughs> a... Guff. There is like there's a each of the games has a series of sort of not not very expensively animated vignettes at the start mm -hmm. of each game going through the story, and then there's no real single player mode, so it's just <laughs> a complete kind of pure oh, something for the kids. <laughs> like I don't know, it's uh, it, they really needn't have bothered in in my opinion. Obviously, I was coming to this as in my uh 30s so i really didn't need the the donkey and diddy story but uh but it amuses me nonetheless uh the second i don't know the story of the third game it's there in japanese but um i haven't found a translation the second game bearing in mind we've already played the first one one day at drum practice donkey kong and diddy kong begin arguing over each other's playing dixie and cranky who are new to that game happen to walk by and see the two embroiled in a heated exchange Dixie settles the spat by showing off her stunning skills. That's when Cranky comes up with a brilliant idea. It's time for the Kongs to go on tour. That is even lazier than the first game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, send like, somebody by who's yeah. better than them. Did the girl? Yeah, sure, why not? Do it. There's no... Obviously, with Guitar Hero and Rock Band, they did actually do some background visuals and some stuff to suggest that you were jetting around the world and getting fans and all this, but... Mm. Once you get into the game in this, you're literally just playing the tunes and there's a very minimal amount of graphical interaction on the screen. Like you hit the bongos and sometimes something nice-ish happens, like some butterflies come out or something. <laughs> but really, the, the, I would say the, the visuals in this game are um, functional. Yeah, they're, they're really basic and... When you're playing these games, you're obviously focused on the music track, right? So the, the, what what's happening around that doesn't really matter. But it's for other people as well. Like if people who are watching you play Rock Band, for example, they have a nice kind of you know a background drop of a gig environment, and it's quite yeah. it's good looking. Well, you think about what the they did with one. the Beatles. Oh. 
yeah, uh, a few years after this was some of it was you know, breathtaking, and this is just rows of yellow and red, and occasionally. I, I mean, the best thing about it is just like uh, there's there's things happening on the on the UI that I don't understand. There's like meters that are going up, and like and like steam <laughs> popping off things, and then these little banana birds in the corner, and you think, what is, is that? A, is that a measure of my success? That how many banana yeah. birds are in the bottom right hand corner? There's coins popping out from the bottom. <laughs> there's such a, I, a lot of fringe things happening, but not a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, coins going into your kind of wallet, which you then use to buy songs for other modes and and the extra difficulty mode for certain songs. Um, there's yeah, there's points, but yeah, really, all you're focused on circles coming in from the right, scrolling off to the left, going past the 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 bar of interaction, the uh, the rhythm action point. Uh, even like the pre-renders of it all doesn't it doesn't even look that nice like uh, no like you know i played donkey Kong country recently and i kind of I just thought it's not even that much of a step up from that do you know what i mean like the, the donkey kong sat there behind his set of bongos you know and he, and he looks kind of childlike in his like teddy bear pose and it's kind of cute but like the animation of him oh, hitting basic. the bongo when yeah. you start when you get in a good like rhythm on on your bongos at home and you see donkey kong just there's just no like flourish to the animation at all. He's just literally his arms are going up and down like a like an opposable toy figure. It's kind of mm. yeah. There's not a lot of well, clearly they spent it, but... all of their development money on licensing the songs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It does. It's cheap and cheerful would be a, a perfect uh, epithet for it. I would say because it is all mm. very cheerful. Like mm-hmm. we should say at this point actually that the aesthetic of the U.S. version compared to the Japanese and European versions is actually quite different. Um, the menus have been changed and the logo has been changed for some reason. Um, pers- obviously, we can now have a, a pointless tit-for-tat argument about which one's best, but it is the European and uh, Japanese <laughs> one. <laughs> I don't really get the, uh, like, the, the US one, just uh, why change it? Like the, so the Japanese one's got a kind of um, Samba de Amigo feel about it. It's got yeah. that kind of um, detailed fiesta, party kind of... fiesta lettering. That's oh, yeah. it, perfect word. Uh, but whereas the America one's just some kind of wonky, wonky. But it looks like someone's letters. made the, the letters Donkey Konga and like from like cut up banana peel and put it on the floor. Oh, okay. And then, yeah. So like there is like the, to me that's how I saw it. It's just like oh, it looks like a banana that's kind of been cut into pieces and they put Donkey Konga. It's just yellow chunky letters on the floor, right? Or not on the floor, but in front of <laughs> on you. The screen. On the screen. Yeah, <laughs> that's how I imagined it. It's just. Did, it's, did it's, they focus test the the Japanese? Uh, lettering in America and kids were like nah we just don't dig this fiesta vibe we want just something just yellow well, you know how I it is Amer- Americans always need their cover art to be angrier than, uh, than Japan <laughs> yeah. so this is America all after all we need an, yes, exactly. we need an edge to our, does he have donkey, our bongo does he have playing guns? monkeys he doesn't. yes exactly mm. uh, oh well plain, plain peculiar strange things I mean they you know presumably not very much but they actually spent some money doing that localize that element of the localization because they had to redo the title screen and all that kind of thing uh, very odd peculiar do and we yeah, know one- um, for speaking of localization uh, do we know what the song list is like for We're the coming first to that. two games we're coming to that. Okay, we're I'm coming sorry. to that. It's very, it's very, very different. But we're still on the graphics at the moment. Okay. Um, sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Will <laughs> I got uh, excited. That's all right. I don't. I'm not sure. There's anything else much to say about the visuals. Um, I will say, just this is the first game ever that I thought my my eyes were broken after playing it. Um, it was my first <laughs> ever rhythm Tetris game, right? Style. Yeah. So, oh, because you got the yeah the scrolling the, the yeah, thing so, where, the, where it looks like the screen is moving in the other direction. <laughs> yep, I got that too. Yeah. So I okay. re- so I remember specifically in my dorm. I know because because the carpet we had was this deep green, whatever, and 
I, we got done with like a two or three hour session of Donkey Kong. You know, obviously alcohol is involved in. And I look mm-hmm. at the floor afterwards and like just the middle section of my vision is just like this weird conveyor belt moving yeah. from right to left. I'm like, what is happening? And and so I, that was a little striking. But the one thing I will say is that the I like how they made the lane, uh, which is what we came to call them afterwards, uh, horizontal. I think that's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because right. From, from right to left, especially now, like it, it feels like it gave it enough time to where when you really got in the zone and we can kind of talk about this later, like you, once you get some proficiency at this game, as Darren said before, it is pretty simple how it's set up. So. Once you get relatively good at it, like you can start taking on those challenging tracks kind of, you know, kind of one after another. And you can get to that kind of Zen state where yeah. you're not looking at the impact zone. You're looking at the 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 notes that are coming later and you kind of later, excuse me, and you kind of mm. see the whole screen rather than just seeing just the individual yeah, notes. Yeah. Totally. And that was a new feeling for me in playing a game like you kind of and it, it that went on to other games. Obviously, your guitar heroes and rock bands. And but even the one that makes me think of the most is Elite Beat Agents kind of took a lot from that. Like we're right. just like. You really felt that you were playing along with a song, but your brain was already, you know, five or six, you know, beats ahead. And that was, um, and I like that design of it again, but it, it was super simplistic, not a whole lot. Came from Tycho. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Translated across from Tycho. So regarding the visuals and aesthetics, um, in the second game, they went to 3D backgrounds and there's one with like honeycombs everywhere at some point in yeah. the, uh, yeah. in yeah. the, in the, in the song. And that really hurt my brain. It was like, <laughs> what is going on? Like it, it actually confused me. And I was like, I can't mm. play the song anymore because the, <laughs> The way the backgrounds were interfering with the lane, it was just ridiculous. Like, I, I didn't really appreciate, even though 3D is probably deemed more, you know, acceptable to the layman eye. It's just like, oh, yeah, yeah. let's put some 3D backgrounds in there because they look nicer. It's like, no, actually, that really hurts my eyes when it's scrolling past. And um, but also the um, the monkey shines is it the mini games in the in the game in right. the, you have to you earn the coins to unlock these mini games. Those mini games. This is going to be a very specific reference to English uh, UK people, I guess. There was um on in the nineties there was like a kids show called something like Going Live or you know like Philips Gofield back in the day and all that. It used to people used, kids used to ring in and play a game yeah, called Hugo on the games, phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah left, yeah. left, left, right, right, right. Yeah. there's a very kind of clip art vibe about these games mm, mm-hmm. and this happens to be the similar vibe for monkey shines you can almost imagine some kid phoning in going bang it bongo to the left it had a very kind of rudimentary but like the rest of the game kind of um animation style to it and it reminded me of those kind of mid-90s kid programs where yeah. you phone mm, in for a competition yeah. to control a game over the phone yeah yeah Weird. i feel like if they did i mean i've got the the taiko switch game as i say and although it's all still relatively basic by modern video game standards the whole thing feels a bit more polished and like it's got a an aesthetic through line and a, and a vision mm. and there's a little bit of charm to it but as much as i had a lot of fun playing donkey konga it, it does feel very, yeah, it is. It, I just come back to that phrase, cheap and cheerful. It, it feels yeah. like they wanted to get a Tyco game out with bongos and actually the the software was and it was almost as long as it functioned, <laughs> like that was the main thing. Um, and as Leah says, they probably spent more money paying for the, uh, the, the, the license tracks, even though they didn't pay as much as they would have done because they're all cover versions. The other thing I was going to say is we're talking about the visuals of all three games here because although of course there is there are differences as Darren says there's n- there's not enough to talk about each one separately I wouldn't have said like they're they're so similar uh, even the presentation and stuff yeah is... not to not to dwell on that for too long but like I was like surprised to the point of almost being put off by Donkey Konga two like because mm. and we'll probably talk about this in a little bit like there is no real progression you know you got to unlock the gorilla 
master the the level of the of the songs by earning mm. coins. It's just another song list. It would yeah. be a DLC now, right? For sure. Exactly. So yeah, so definitely. so like when I when I got Donkey Kong two, I was fully expecting like, oh, I wonder. Okay, we had the first game, but it was really simple. Like, I wonder. Like the 50 what we're gonna RPG. do to so yeah to, exactly what are we gonna do to unlock the songs in this one is it gonna be you're gonna be playing across the land you're gonna be you know there's gonna be concerts or something and it was really just almost yeah. exactly from the circular scrolling menus to the how to unlock songs I mean you had a couple of new characters in there but you didn't even really interact with them so yeah I mean they are they are nece- I mean for all intents and purposes they are they're essentially the same game just with like you said, new songs. Yeah, and the same for the third one. And the fact that they all came out within about a year is, you know, it makes sense, doesn't it? One thing I did appreciate in terms of progression is that you carried over your really irritating sound effects across the two games. I was like, (laughs) oh yeah, my NES sound effects and my dog sound effects. I tried them and I was just like, this is breaking my brain. Like just, just slapping your bongos and a dog barking. Like I get the novelty, but like I just couldn't. I couldn't. And some of those are really expensive as well. Like you uh, need yeah, to yeah. play for hours to unlock some of that nonsense. If you oh. play four player, do you earn four times the amount of coins? Oh, good question. I have no idea. So um, I'm, I'm ready possibly to open up a that would make sense, wouldn't it? Certainly, I was looking at. Uh, there's not a huge amount of resource for these games on the internet no, that I could not, find, but mm. we found one US TV advert, which is exactly as you'd expect it's all about the group <laughs> experience it's for uh i guess tw- 20 somethings early 20 somethings um all playing the game uh as a as a gang and then it the the sort of the twist is that it they go off and they play some actual rock and roll in their rock and roll band so there's also the sort of the the message that hey as brian found out don't be snobbish about this this is kind of like playing real music <laughs> yeah um but yeah, I can't remember. I think probably everyone was earning coins, so that would make sense. The idea that if they made, if they developed the currency and the yeah. economy around multiple players, because yeah. there was no, there was no like profile registering it. The farthest they went with that was like, no, you got a high score in Donkey oh, Kong yeah. Two. You'd pick like a like a facial icon, but there wasn't even putting in your initials or anything like that. Nope. So, um, yeah, I bet I would imagine that it probably does translate into everybody, um, you know, all the coins going into that one pot. It's a slightly peculiar element about it as well, is that, yes, you get a choice of, you start off with like Donkey Kong face and Diddy Kong face and and then that expands out into more. But then there's some other Nintendo stuff just randomly in there, isn't there? Mm. So there's like a Wind Waker Link and a Star Fox and stuff like that. But there's no sort of commitment to the, other than a couple of tunes from different games, there's no sort of, this is a Nintendo Donkey Kong, uh, you know, it's not like the Smash Brothers of they could have gone down that road with the sequels, mm. but they didn't spend any time on them. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd maybe like if Nam with Namco behind the development of a Donkey Kong game, maybe they weren't allowed access to. Uh, I'm just speculating, like on like assets for, but they had Star Fox to work with, so maybe they maybe they did, but it just mm. seems like they just didn't have the proper assets and they had to make them themselves for, uh, mm. or, or they just didn't have the budget for it. You know, it's kind of like it's gonna it's gonna be niche. Probably, yeah, is there a credit in there somewhere that says uh, thanks to Rare for the Donkey Kong render like there is in Mario Kart 64? It wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> it's one of those things where it felt like, to, like even back then, it felt, it felt like this game was just reskinned. You know, and I know that it necessarily wasn't. I know that Tyco had been a game you know, before and they used the same format, but it really felt like um, you know, the, this game just kind of existed and they're like, you know, let's, throw, let's literally throw some monkeys at it and make it into a Donkey <laughs> Kong game. But um, yeah, yeah it, it really feels like that the Donkey Kong element of this could have been just, you know, 
added on to the end of, of, of a Japanese taiko game. And I know that they end up with all the licensing and stuff. They obviously got a lot more Western music and things, but, um, but yeah, it didn't, it never feels essential to the product. You it's know, just the barrel bongos really. Exactly. Yeah. And the fact that it's, yeah, there's a sort of jungle drums kind of suggestion and all that sort of thing. So it, mm. yeah, it kind of works. And that plays into the three difficulty settings. So whereas, Games that would, I think probably some that had already come and certainly some many that would come after, you would have way more tiers of difficulty. This one had uh, just the three, Monkey, Chimp and Gorilla. And Monkey is, like, really easy, isn't it? For, yeah, it for is, uh, yeah. even, even the hardest songs, most people would be... I mean, it doesn't... If you play in single song mode, it doesn't crash you out anyway, does it? It's only if you're trying to play marathon that you can actually get a game over. Is oh, okay. Right? Right, I yeah. think so. That sounds about right. So you're trying to on on the marathon. You're trying to keep up, keep a meter up towards the right hand mm. side by playing well, rapping good, and on the single <laughs> song, I think you just get to play to the end regardless, whatever happens, and it's just about what score you get. There are medals to collect, but yeah, for input in terms of input, you've got uh, great, okay, bad, and miss, and it's simply a case that monkey, chimp, or gorilla, you've got more impacts to hit more more bongos to to bash more bongo beats um so i really didn't i i really love getting good at music games and high score chasing in these games and getting that sort of in the zone thing that brian was talking about on guitar hero i tried to, mm. and rock band i tried to get as good as i could which is not the absolute top end but i i did better than i would have done had i not committed to it but with Donkey Kong, I was personally always quite happy to stick to Chimp, maybe dabble with Gorilla. But generally, I wasn't as much as I got that it felt better to be playing on the harder settings in the same way as I always have argued that it does on Rock Band and Guitar Hero. I didn't quite have the same level of motivation. Perhaps it was the lack of, I think it was a couple of things for me. It was the lack of sort of any real pull to do it from the game itself. But also the fact that I think where this game does pale next to what would come later is that the actual sounds of the bongos over the music sounds it almost felt like i was playing a separate track at times mm -hmm. yeah, like definitely. it's sometimes it fits sometimes like, um, it fits yeah we are young did we are free like that that one was quite good <laughs> Do you know what i mean i quite yeah. enjoyed that one but when it comes to like cosmic girl from jamiroquai oh, it just God. felt like you were just some annoyance like jamiroquai is busking down an alleyway and you're there with your bongos next to him pretending to be his mate that's what it kind of feels like i find jamiroquai like, an annoyance so it's, it's a <laughs> two-way thing he's, yeah he's got a good hat though isn't he yeah that hat that has some that's stuff. Fine. Yeah. Good. he loves the hat he does he loves it and dancing on the floor that moves <laughs> yeah he does all that stuff, that's, a, that's a thing he did he loved it. <laughs> um, I um, yeah, no, I completely, I completely agree. It's they, they could never, they never really committed to one thing or the other on any of these tracks. Like some tracks, you would literally be playing along with the vocal line. You'd be hitting where the words would be coming, and then the next track you'd play and be hearing hitting when the drum beat would be coming. Some tracks would be a mix of both in between. Like um, and Donkey Konga Two, "Wish You Were Here" is a song I played about a hundred times because. I really liked Incubus at the time, but also... It not was the Pink Floyd one. No, that would no, have no. Been a yeah. very different experience. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but also because there were a lot of roll sections, so you could get a lot of coins. So I would, like, I would like, farm that song for coins <laughs> to unlock. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. right. Um, yeah. But, like, there are certain sections of that song where you're playing just the, the drum beat, but then, like, during the verses, you're playing along with what the singer is singing. So, like, 
you can't really get a sense of like rhythm for lack of a better term in like in some of these songs because it's switching back and forth between are you playing along with a beat are you playing along with vocals what and, yeah. and it kind of does a mishy mash of both um at the time i didn't know any different um having not played much rhythm and i and, and the genre was still kind of figuring it out but for a sure. game that was focused directly on drumming beat it didn't also the tracks didn't always focus on the drum beat if that no makes sense. yeah absolutely right a percussive accompaniment suggested but not always yeah it's like well we don't there's no real place for a bongo section here so we'll just have them bongo along with the main melody yeah. or it'll be a classical piece or something with no bongos in <laughs> um so yeah it's all a bit it doesn't it never for me as as much fun as i had with it it never quite got that same level of sort of yeah that sort of synesthesia of connection with with the music where that feel that that in, intense feeling of pleasure that you got from feeling like you were actually making the music it was more right. like yeah i'm kind of having fun banging along to it but it always felt more like a yeah your sort of upturned biscuit tin drum that you had as a kid rather than a <laughs> rather than a hey i'm part of a rock and roll band <laughs> i brought my bongos to this supergrass gig and i'm gonna let everyone know about it oh yeah you say about the upside down tin of biscuits i did that I'd say semi-recently, about 10 years ago, uh, my half-brother's, he's a cover band uh, guitarist, and I remember getting two pots of Pringles, flipping them upside down and pretending to play the bongos <laughs> to his music. And I was just like, yeah, I'm wicked. I could be in your band. And he's just like, you're just an idiot. <laughs> That's a little memory just unlocked there. But yeah, my um, my favourite songs in Donkey Kong like, and 2, uh, kind of like the more kind of classical pieces, like the Hungarian dance and... Stuff like that that isn't too, you know, well, not wordy at all because it's all about the uh, the instruments, right? So mm -hmm. I felt like the, the bongos fit in perfectly along them. But um, Busy Child was a, a Crystal Method track that I completely forgot about. And I put, playing Donkey Kong, I was like, they got Busy Child in Donkey Kong. Yeah, that was like, also on Frequency, which, where it made a lot more sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's got and that, kind of that one's actually on both the US and the UK song list, which isn't then, true of everything. And that, that reminded me of the, the Vince Pope track for the De Destination Unknown, it was called, for the GameCube launch with that kind of, you know, jungle drum and bass kind of thing. Yeah, the, this, the, the track list for this, these games are wildly all over the place. And yeah, there are some tracks on there that you just think, how did they get that in there? That's just bizarre. Like, obviously, Tub Thumping being the one, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I think, is Tub Thumping in the US version? Uh, yes. It is okay because yeah. I mean it makes perfect sense, but it, it I didn't think it was as big a hit in America as it was over here. Where oh, it's kind of a national anthem. No, that song was gigantic oh, okay. over here. Yeah, yeah, I mean like right. my that was one of the songs you could not for whatever whatever year that came out you could not escape that. That's for sure. Yeah, about ninety eight, ninety seven. Felt yeah. like that and Fat Les's um, sausage roll song. Or what was it called? Vindaloo. Vindaloo. Or something, was it? Yeah. yeah, it was that, that kind of. Nonsense I don't think that did anything in America. Oh, actually, you know what? I got that wrong. Tub thumping is not in the American version. I just assumed it was. Huh. Um, I get. I mean, I can tell you that song from start to finish. Wow, I would have. I would have uh, bet several bananas on that, and I would have uh, been yeah. wrong. <laughs> Maybe Nintendo <laughs> of America a bit more strict about yeah, the the alcohol consumption as <laughs> opposed to the the European. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just well, the vodka drinking. Yeah. Oh no, busy well, child, busy child's in. Yeah, okay. I was gonna say because I, yeah, I would have, I would have been. Anyway, I'm taking up too much time talking about this. Yeah, I thought it was, but uh, no, it's not. That's all right. No, we, we'll <laughs> we'll talk more about the, the tracks and and the differences. I think for many of us, it was more of a party game than a serious score attack. Oh yeah, for sure. Kind of, kind of, kind of deal. But that said, I know there was a scene around this. I uh, found video of a guy who found the base game too easy, so he decided to start playing with four sets of bongos simultaneously. Oh. And of course, no matter what your, uh, no matter what one 
one's individual take on a game is there's always somebody out there who's fanatical and obsessive about it and it sounds for instance here like of the four of us brian probably got the most into playing it quotes seriously yeah uh, i i had like it's it's funny you say that because there wasn't really i didn't play the whole game like that but there were like two or three songs on each one that i just decided i'm gonna get real good at this like um I never watched the Pokemon TV show or any of the movies at all, but the Pokemon theme song, once I started playing Donkey Kong, I played that song. I was like, this song rips. Like, I love that you song. You want it to be the very best. I, I mean, it makes all. sense. Yeah, so it was a hit. I, yeah, yeah, I had to be the very best. Um, but no, and I thought the lyrics, the lyrics at the time really made me laugh <laughs> of the Pokemon song. They probably still would. But yeah, that song, Oye Como Va, um, were songs that like, all the ones that kind of had like the uh, like the most amount of you know stars of difficulty on the gorilla sections were, right. were the ones I got into. But it was really only Bananas. three or four songs. I would just play over and over and over again to where I tried to get to the point where you could do it. You know, because they had the mode where you can play it without any of the notes on the screen. I think it was called Bongo Master. Yeah, right. I can't remember. Uh, hmm. Oye Como Va. I could. I can't do it now. But at the time, I could do that. That mode. Just oh, you know, that's great. Do that. Yeah, that was fun. Um, hmm. but yeah, not. It wasn't every song. I couldn't. Even though, as much as I I love the the Bingo is your name o song, I wouldn't. Um... Not one that we got. <laughs> no, <laughs> fuming. So the <laughs> other thing that we probably need to talk about is something which did rear its ugly head when I was playing the other day, playing my GameCube through a SCART lead into a LCD TV. It inevitably, it's not huge but it introduces something that we didn't have playing on cathode ray tubes, which is noticeable input lag. It's very minor, but, well, depending on your setup and whatever else, but it will make all the difference in terms of actually playing perfectly. So over the session, the, the particularly lengthy session that I had coming into the show, I managed to kind of, my brain managed to recalibrate itself a bit, but this game, unlike all HD era Rhythm Action Games has no calibration tools as such, so you can't allow for audio-visual lag, and especially if you've got the audio and the video coming through different systems, like if you've got an amp or whatever, the chance of everything actually syncing up perfectly are minimal, uh, which is a shame. So not quite in the same way that LCDs and other modern types of screens have killed off the light gun game, They've also kind of made playing retro rhythm action games a little bit harder than they should be. So it may be that if you folks also went back to these games for for this show, it may have been that initially I was thinking, oh, I'm just a bit rusty. And then I realised actually, yeah, I'm hitting this perfectly, but the game isn't registering. But yeah, it it will depend on your screen and your setup and any uh, everything mm-hmm. like that. So, but it's something to bear in mind for people who are thinking, you know, might think about picking their bongos up now. Probably better with a cathode ray tube, but certainly for party play, it's not going to be a, a serious issue. I wouldn't have said. Yeah, I think you hit it right in the head the other day in Slack, where you were saying that you basically you weren't getting as many greats as you used to get, but you were getting a lot of OKs. You know, that's yeah. what it is. Like that, well, that, that that's minimal the best lag. One. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, it it was just kind of that thing where um you know it it's you're not you're passing every song still. I played it the same way Scart to to a to an, an LCD TV and um yeah, it was about the same thing. I wasn't I wasn't perfecting many songs, but I was coming pretty close. So, it's not terrible. Hmm. Just if I got the CRT out, it probably would have been bang on. Mm. <laughs> Darren, did you you didn't hook this up to your CRT because you do have such a 
setup, I, don't you? I do, yeah. I hooked it up to uh, yeah, a small flat screen LCD. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think, yeah, we were upstairs playing it. We turned it off to do something else. I don't know, colouring in or playing Lego or whatever. And that telly just exploded. It went, Poof! and it just went, oh, okay, well, that's that telly gone then. Yeah, so that's um, Donkey Kong is responsible for TV. too much excitement and killed one of my small <laughs> tellies for yeah, micro retro enjoyment. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really. But yeah, I have got a CRT, actually, and I have got it um, ready. To, I need to put it somewhere that isn't in the way, but it always seems to be in the way. That's the deal with um, those. Yeah, I, I do need to find a space for it where I can just quickly, you know, because I want to play F-Zero GX again, and it's, you know... Yeah, I've got the itch, and I think that's the only way to play it is on that. Definitely thing, don't so. want any input lag on that particular game. Oh no, <laughs> that game is yeah hair in hair raising experience. But yeah, Donkey Kong, you know, it being not a challenging game kind of helped with the LCDness of the of TVZ days. You know, these days, I can imagine with a CRT, you know, you could um you could get properly into being good at it because the game isn't that punishing in in any way shape or form really a gorilla i found pretty tricky you know in terms of just just because of the sheer speed of it coming at you right and the amount of times i got confused between the pinkness being yeah. the drumming both and the clapping being the the kind of the silvery kind of star shape what's it called like a yeah it's like an explosion a... of sorts yeah and it makes sense because the hand clapping is a noise but at this point i was tapping the drums and it was just like pink and i in in the heat of the moment, in the heat yeah. of the moment, I definitely um canned heat. Yeah, that's it. There you go. I definitely got confused. And yeah, so the game does throw a few tricks at you here and there, but I found generally, yeah, the um yeah the game to be a, a you know an easy ride LCD or or mm. or not. So yeah, good times. So yeah, we're back in two thousand three four five era. There's no surround sound in this game. It's mono or stereo, whichever you. You, you you prefer or you've got capacity for but of all things if if the game's not about the uh, the graphics or the story it is about the gameplay but it's also about the music so mm. uh there's a lot of tracks across the three games i think there's about uh there's about 30 in the first one a few more in the second one and uh, the third one the japanese only one has over 50 songs that were none of which were featured in previous games the vast majority of them licensed uh, either popular hits from relatively recent times at the time of the game was released or sometimes something a bit more uh, classic vintage even as we said some classical the occasional theme tune a few bits of nintendo music but i think the the things i spent the most time playing were probably the pop hits my <sighs> listening to them again now um, so again, that's why the reason I brought up the context of most rhythm games being cover versions at this point was so we probably thought less about it. Going back to it now, I think there is there. Firstly, there are no credits anywhere that I can find for any of the people who actually performed on this game or these games. <laughs> that's um, terrible. I, I mean, whether they wanted to be credited or not, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> it's buried somewhere in in the credit scroll. I don't know, but. I would say that the quality of these varies from, you know, sometimes to save money uh, on the TV, a, an advert will have a sounder-like version of an original song. So it, the idea is that it sounds as close to the original as possible, but it isn't because it's cheaper to have a cover version. I'd say at, at their best, they're like that. At their worst, they're like a kind of bad pub covers band um there's there's a few numbers on there which are really i think quite ropey and some of the uh, i i would say the ones where it really shows up for me are the ones where the original song i think was actually something quite 
um, you know, important and meaningful, like losing my religion or something like that. And then you've got this sort of slightly um, ropey uh, X Factor auditiony <laughs> kind of kind of thing going on. But overall, I mean, that sort of adds to the charm. Like I remember playing um, again in the European version. We got Take That's Back for Good, which is you know a kind of cheesy pop classic. And the fact that it was a slightly naff version kind of almost yeah. enhanced it in some way. I know what you mean. Like the the kind of the the authenticity of the songs is is removed right because it's by someone else yeah. but they kind of they kind of credit they yeah, they kind of credit the original artist which you kind of think oh Jamiroquai's on there wicked I like Cosmic Girl and it's like well is it it's like Still you know Dave and, his, Dave and his keyboard playing it at the, and, <laughs> but it does fit the kind of the bootleg nature of the aesthetic right it does feel like when you go on holiday and you go to like Spain markets and they've got these games in you know that are clearly not all you know original cartridges or anything you plug it in you get like a like a Mario clone, but with a penguin, for example. Like it does feel a little bit like that, kind of a bit like like a Blue Peter version yeah. of a video game. It's a very um, it's a very strange vibe the whole thing's got, but it does all work together. I just can't get over the fact that this podcast recording might be just Leon's underhanded attempt to take as many shots as Jamiroquai as possible. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, well, it's I was, about I was time. Still annoyed. I was still annoyed because. Um, <laughs> Jamiroquai popped up in the uh, the westernized version of Ostatakai Uenda, uh, yeah. which, you know, just... Um, well, literally, did he pop up in the screen and um, do, his, do his funky dance? Probably. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, obviously... As it's with, a great with, hat. It's a great with, hat. <laughs> with, the, with the music, uh, with the tr- uh, track listing in any game, obviously everyone's going to have tracks that they like, tracks that they hate, tracks that they tolerate, tracks that they actively look forward to. And it has been interesting looking at, I hadn't really thought about the differences between the versions before this show, but looking at the first game, for instance, we've got like, uh, we've got quite a bit of, actually over the first, the two games, we've got tons of Supergrass, who I don't think were ever much of a thing in America. No, not, not huge. I mean, definitely as a, as someone who enjoyed music, you know, you'd, you'd come across them, but they weren't, they weren't, uh, yeah, nothing nothing gigantic here. There's like four or five tracks from Supergrass over the two games. Mm. Uh, in in Europe, whereas uh, but there's also some annoying um, get, uh, tracks that I feel we should have got that were popular in, in the American version. Like you get Rock Lobster in the first yeah. game. Yeah. We don't get Rock mm-hmm. Lobster. I mean, Rock Lobster's like an all timer in in this country too. Yeah, and that's one of the that's one of my favorite ones from that first game mm. too. So that's disappointing. So we got the Latin one, Sing 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 with a swing, which I love. Oye Komova, um, and the classics, the Hungarian dance. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, it's interesting. What what ones do you have fond memories of uh, playing and singing along to and bongoing along to? Be interesting to see which ones we or and which do you think were particularly strong or, or weak covers? I've I've hmm. said it uh, too many times already in this podcast um, that that cover Oyakumafa is burned in my brain. I I know the Donkey Kong version of that better than I know the Tito Puente version of that mm-hmm. better than I know the Santana version of that. So, so yeah, that I think that's really good. The Pokemon theme is great. Um, I at the time because of my musical uh, propensities, I might have enjoyed the Blink One Eighty Two stuff a little bit more sure. than I should have. Sure, <laughs> um, but um, <laughs> no guilty pleasure. Yeah, absolutely. And um, and Busy Child by Crystal Method, I think is just a that's a banger of a song. And anyway, um. The thing that I do, just talking about what you said before about like how the the kiddie songs and some of the the classical stuff. The one thing I do really like about this game is that it doesn't force you to play any of the songs you don't like. 
No, like if you were to right. play like Guitar Hero Two, for example, which is yes. the next probably big rhythm game I got yeah. like really into, you have to play through all those tiers of songs. So if there's a song you really don't like, you yeah. might just have to you know bust your head against you it in order to get past. Exactly. Yeah. Um, this yeah, this game didn't have that. So that that uh, that lack of progression does give you the unless the you just play the choice. marathon mode. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, those were the ones, the big ones for me from the first one. I guess the second one, you know, I, I have less fondness for, but um. You know, it's uh, probably <laughs> probably boombastic by Shaggy. We oh, played that a lot, me. so, yeah. Whose idea was that? Boombastic? <laughs> really? Really? Anyway. <laughs> Come on, you can imagine Donkey Kong singing that. <laughs> Any favorites or uh, hated uh, covers from either of the two games that you know? I mean, it was it was really kind of just a a a thing of that time where you know you you weren't gonna get maybe the best covers, and you definitely weren't gonna get actual uh, the the actual artists who released those songs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't know. I guess I just thought it was kind of par for the course. Now I just think it's a little bit funny to hear like bad REM covers on bongos, yeah. but. Um, yeah, I I would have to agree with uh, Shaggy. Um, also. Uh, um, the stained cover. Uh, I don't know if that was mentioned. Um, it's pretty good. Uh, it's, it's just, I, I think that the the more out of place the song seems, the the more I just get a kick out of it. I, it's it's. Mm. I, I guess it's I guess it's irony, but it's still funny to me. And fun. I mean, they're they are fun things to play. It's not like an entirely mm. uh, ironic appreciation. I, I do enjoy pretty much everything. Um, is is a good time to actually play. Uh, it's just sometimes the covers are, are are a thing to get past. Yes. Frustratingly, although I have a list of of uh, all the tracks and all the versions, they're not side by side, so it's hard to tell which is mm. on which version. But it appears that we got. Uh, enjoy the silence by Depeche Mode on two, whereas you didn't. Yeah, oh no, no we, we didn't. didn't. Mm. Um, the one that I will say that we got onto that you didn't was uh, "Hit 'Em Up Style" by Blue Cantrell. That song is just a banger, anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, the Donkey Konga version of that, I, I, I played, you know, till I was uh, blue in the face. Am I right? Am I right? Who's with me? Okay. <laughs> if they could have, uh, if only they could have. Again, if 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 we've been in the the internet era and the DLC era, we could have. Uh, you know kind of made up our own us they could have released like the us tracks in the U- in the U- european market and vice versa so that we could get the the ones that we were we were missing oh these games could have been huge can you imagine if they had just a uh, a thing like they did with with rock the rock band network stuff network. where people could release well, their own tracks funny you should oh. say that oh no oh. but no, no. but we'll, <laughs> more later uh <laughs> did you not get jungle boogie no nope Oh my goodness! We get jungle. You didn't boogie. get September either, did you? Nope. September's a we nope. didn't get Earth, nope. Wind, and Fire. No, nope. that's we sure did. That's crazy. I, that's I, I would think that's yeah. pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's um. I I didn't know that the track listings were this very different until about. You didn't get the Donkey yeah, Kong Country theme either. Few, no, that would that's the one that I said before when you, the game the game music you guys got. I yeah, think was way nuts, better. I would it? love to play Can't that one. It. Um, yeah, that's a that is an all time. I wonder, like, I wonder. There's has to be some conference room, and when all the Nintendos of America, Europe, and Japan get together and mm. like have these weird, like you know, money based conversations about what markets well in what regions and things like that. Mm. Because I, to me, it seems like Earth, Wind, and Fire would be a slam dunk for the American version. But I mean, you would I, think, yeah, yeah, yeah that's nuts. What you did get that we didn't get, uh, which Darren didn't even know about until today, were Diddy's 
ditties. <laughs> a melody composed of the following songs. Happy birthday to you. Itsy Bitsy Spider and Row 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 Your Boat. We're yep. a, just classics. We're a simple, we're a simple folk, us Americans. We are. <laughs> we, uh, we, we don't get Earth, Wind, and Fire, but we do get yeah. nursery rhymes. Like okay. I don't see why we sure. didn't get those. We have all those songs here. Uh, uh, what I, I do understand why we didn't get the campfire medley of I've been working on the railroad, she'll be coming <laughs> around the mountain, and Yankee Doodle. <laughs> uh, I'm bungling into that. That's just ridiculous. Oh, I don't have to imagine, Darren. I've lived yeah, it. Yeah, no, I've, I've that done life. that. We did I've all been there. Uh, get, I lived it. We got all got the mighty, mighty boss tones anyway. Of course. Um, Didn't get Rainbow Cruise, Oliver. No, no Rainbow Cruise. Nope. Nope. <sighs> I'm sorry if we've already been over this, and um, Jay, you can cut this out if, if we have. Um, what about the Japanese tracks? Were they in line with the uh, the Neither. European tracks, or no. are they just nah, completely all over the place. Completely yeah, different. Yeah, very There's wild. The original, right the original Japanese uh, Donkey Konga has uh, sort of interesting Japanese versions of the American folk songs, like My Grandfather's Clock. You know, my Weird. my grandfather's clock was too tall for my shelf and all that kind of stuff. Interesting. Um, the other day I met a bear similarly, but it's also got more video game stuff. So it's got sure. Pik- it's got Pikmin love song, which was that uh, we played this I know Uta, the um the amazing Pikmin song that we played on our Pikmin podcast. <laughs> so stuff like that, I would have, you know, I would have really loved that more Kirby, more Pokemon, uh, stuff from a weird stuff from films like the galaxy express 999 um and much of the same in terms of the classical stuff and the video game stuff uh, is that fat boy slim i see there right here right now is that in the american one no i don't think so where's that oh right that's Which... jesus jones yeah right here right oh, now. oh yeah. okay i was gonna get a bit angry then <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're not missing much with jesus jones in my opinion uh fat boy slim no um he would fit though, wouldn't he? Old fat boy thing. Oh could yeah, absolutely. Fat boy. I, yeah, I'm always interested. Yeah, they probably wouldn't have that term in the, in the game. But well, yeah, I don't know. They, they, they well, I mean that's that's not true. They did do some some radio editing type stuff, but yeah. uh, I I was actually at a um a secondhand game store yesterday, and um we were talking about Donkey Konga because my actual copy. I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but my my uh, actual copy of the first Donkey Konga. Uh, is having problems playing in my Wii, so I was oh. looking for uh, another copy of it, uh, which I did not find, sadly. But um, it it was... Uh, I, I don't know if this exists in the UK, um, but I, I imagine something similar does. Uh, it's it's like they got the Kids Bop versions of uh, hmm. of some of these tracks, um, which, I mean, it's, it's basically what it sounds like. It's, uh, air quotes, kiddie versions of popular songs, some of which are wildly inappropriate as yeah. children's or would be considered yeah. by most people to be yeah. wildly yeah, inappropriate of uh, of children. Yeah, there's um, there's there's some crazy choices in there uh, to my mind. So, well, this is one of the things that really interested me about this. I I don't know if I thought about it at the time, but coming back to it, it seems even more striking that there are elements of the songs here that I just don't think nintendo would have in a nintendo game now and i'm also surprised that it's got a peggy three plus on both donkey konga one and two so for instance tub thumping has the lyrics he he drinks a whiskey Uh drink a vodka drink a lager drink a cider drink pissing the night away pissing the night away which like obviously i'm not i'm not morally campaigning for that not to be in there but don't you think it's actually a bit surprising that that's in in a nintendo kid friendly 
bongo game. That's what I meant. Are, I mean, these games are, are are you know supposed to be for all ages, and I don't have I don't have a problem. No, with I don't any of that, either. But, but it's curious from from their as sensitive as Nintendo has tended exactly, to be about these yeah. kinds of things. It's not. I'm not morally outraged. I'm just surprised. Yeah, same here. Yeah, and um, Supergrass song, all right about smoking a fag and sleeping around like just mm. little things like that tiny, tiny little things that you could easily miss but i don't think the lyrics are changed i think they're the same when we had buster groove on the playstation some years before this in the late 90s where they when they localized the japanese version they took out a can of beer and a cigarette and famously the n-word from one particular song uh, from the japanese version um this seemed a bit almost sort of Caution to the wind from Nintendo. Um, won't somebody think of the children? Yeah. <laughs> I could have censored it. Like, he drinks a coconut drink. He drinks a I banana know. drink. He drinks, they could have, they could have made so they, Yeah, because they re-recorded all the songs, right? So they could have just, yeah. They could have done comedy monkey versions. Of course, yeah. the DK rap is in there, isn't it? In our version, at least. Yeah, Kirk Hope just know, connected, collecting another royalty check. You know, <laughs> living off Talking that about, DK rap. Um, the Donkey Konga Network. Well, not quite, but Magical Isopod from the forum says, I play these games, the ones that made it to Canada anyway, but it was more my brother's game. And let me tell you, this game is loud and irritating. Not as bad as rock band drums, sharing a home with someone addicted to that is a special sort of hell, but hearing hours and hours on end of boom, boom, clap is just, ugh. That being That's said... prodigy song. <laughs> I do have some interesting commentary for this. My brother actually created custom tracks for this game. He found some kind of online utility that would allow people to import their own music and design their own charts. Note charts, presumably. Uh, they're not notes, anyway. Percussion charts. Very similar to what would later come for Guitar Hero and Rock Band. I'm fairly confident this would have been homebrew on the Wii, as that system was significantly easier to mod and burn discs for. I know he started making and playing these custom tracks around the same time as Smash Brothers Brawl came out to give a rough idea of timeline, so 2008-ish. I like to hope the homebrew community for this game is still going strong. I haven't paid any attention to it, but my brother was so addicted to this game back then that my mum had to ask him to stop buying bongo controllers. He had like six of them. Why? <laughs> Who knows? I doubt he bought them. Uh, I doubt he brought them with him to Japan when he moved there. A little internet research has produced nothing about this. I've got it. I've got some here. Okay. There's um yeah Donkey Konga Two Power Custom. They've got some Dragon Ball Z songs going on. Right. Oh, awesome. So it's already used for I its mean, full potential. <laughs> yeah. If it's on the internet, yeah. it will have porn and Dragon Ball. Sometimes both. Yeah, almost certainly. And Sonic somewhere along the line uh -huh. as well. But yeah, I can definitely just see a few preview videos on YouTube. It's just a like. Chala head chala Dragon Ball Z theme tune or something like that. Yeah, I you sure that isn't Dragon just Ball's... from three? <laughs> or does it uh, say it says how custom here? Yeah, okay. It does sound like there is a thing. There is a hacking community based around inserting huh. your own tracks into um, Donkey oh. Konga. Yeah, very bizarre. Hmm. I don't. I don't want to look any further because I'm already scared. six months later and I'm just covered in bongos and just everywhere. I just put all the prodigy tracks into Donkey Konga, Firestarter, Donkey Kong's got the two mohawks going on. It's yeah, no, sorry, that is from, I'm just checking, it is from Donkey Konga 3, that chala head chala. Oh, really? Yeah, Dragon Ball Z. I mean, there's also nothing saying that people couldn't have made other versions of tracks that That's are already true. in there, especially if it's in a, an area that is not Japan that, that didn't get the Donkey Konga 3 officially. It's also got the wonderful Banana Tengoku or Banana Heaven 
from the Japanese uh, Donkey Kong Country CG animation. Hmm. We may end the show with that one because uh, it's funny. Uh, oh, you said Banana Tengoku, and now I want a rhythm Tengoku with Donkey Kong. Yeah. Oh, oh. Could happen. That sounds fabulous. Yeah. It's worth saying uh, this uh, this version of three that uh, Darren now has, and I've got on loan has got uh, as well as yeah the Pokemon theme. It's also got stuff from Fire Emblem. It's got the Naruto stuff. It's got Mobile Suit Gundam stuff on it. It's Full Metal Alchemist uh, and various other kind of yeah famous as well as a bunch of J-pop that I just don't know. Some TV commercials as well, and. Uh, also, you can uh, 8-bit chip tunes. It's got a ton of Nintendo classic 8-bit chip tunes to bongo along to as well, if you want. Well, Japan so, got the cool stuff, as yeah, usual. Yeah, natch, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was also one of those games where, and I, I warn you, I've read, Darren, that it has the same weird glitch with playing it even via freeloader on a PAL GameCube. It will format your memory card. Ooh. To lose all my sound effects to Japanese. Well, no, but it will format everything on your memory card. Oh, I lose my Super Monkey Ball stuff. I believe so. No. I think that's the the issue with Mr. Driller Drill Land. So play it on a Japanese mm. GameCube if you can. So you, you need a you need a separate GameCube yeah. uh, or GameCube memory or don't card. Don't stick at least. a precious memory card in. Yeah, a weird quirk. <laughs> Simon Sloth says, I only started playing the Donkey Konga games in the last six months and, much to my wife's displeasure, the bongos have become a piece of living room furniture. <laughs> Having absolutely no idea what to expect, I was quite surprised to find that the first two games were essentially packed with cover versions of popular music, with a few curios added for good measure. As much as I enjoyed these, there's only so much you can do with the limited variety of inputs. It's a charming diversion and I'm glad I was able to give them a whirl. The third game, which was never released in the West, is much closer to what I thought the Donkey Konga games would be. I managed to negotiate the menus with Google Translate, but still the majority of the time I had no idea what song I was choosing. The tracklist borrows quite a few from pre previous games. Oh, that's, that's not... That's, that, that's different to what I read, but... I th Oh, no, okay, it... it, it it's takes from the Japanese some, versions of exactly, the previous games. precisely, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the remainder are delightfully bonkers. I couldn't help but smile when playing each new track, although it must be said that the game seemed markedly more difficult than its predecessors, so sometimes that joy gave way to frustration. All in all, the bongos are a pretty crazy peripheral, and the trilogy is a whole lot of fun. It makes sense that they maybe stiffen the difficulty up for the uh, third game in the series, especially mm. if the feedback from the previous two games had been that uh, people were just yeah, able to, to tear through it that marathon mode, I, well, I just wanted to mention because um, I did chuckle to myself the other day. I'd cut my finger uh, slicing cheese the night before and then I was playing Donkey Konga so much I started to bleed and it made me think of Whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> J.K. Simmons. Uh, yeah. Giving it large over Donkey Konga. Uh, yeah. You, you and are the the TV teller. was saying, not my, not my, yeah, it's <laughs> not my tempo. Um <laughs> I also wanted to question why is it in the first game that the shop where you where you unlock stuff with coins is called the electric shack? It's something like that. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I, can't. I have no idea. Because. <laughs> okay. Because sh shack is like shock and electric shocks are parts oh, of... Pun. Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> that's, sometimes that's sometimes puns. Sometimes, even though I love puns, sometimes uh, they go right over my head. 
I think maybe it's just a weird translation thing. Yeah. And we should just, to collect everything up, mention the, the suite of mini games. I think these, compared to, when you think of, I know this is a Namco game, but when you think of some of the great Nintendo products and the mini games that they've had in there, which have ended up being as much of a diversion as the main game themselves, the mini games in here are lame. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's, I, I, I suspect that they kind of just looked at what they had and went, well, we can't just have this, right? Like people want to actually play something that, I, I don't know, give them something to unlock. And then they stuck a bunch of Mario Party rejects in there. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened, but yeah, they're not good. No, it was one and done for both mm-hmm. Donkey Kong 1 and 2. The, the, the mini games in the second one, I don't remember the specifics, but my overall feeling was they're, they're not as rubbish as the ones in the first one. Okay, cheers. <laughs> so um, <laughs> there was one, I think it was like, yeah, to, it was a bunch of notes. It, it, it fed into the game more specifically in the fact there was like two, two bongos next to each other, two player mode. And you had to pat the bongos faster than the other. So it was like a column of like seven notes in, in right. a stack, like yeah. a totem. And you had to mm-hmm. hit it faster. It was a Mario Party-esque kind of reject. Yeah, you're right. Um, but I remember those mini games being not as, um, yeah. Completely. Um, CITV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't have picked them out of, you know, a mini game lineup before just going back now and replaying them. I played each one of them once and just kind of was like, huh. And that was it. You know, no yeah. draw to go back. But, you know, with a, with a console with Monkey Target available like who, who was really who was really spending a lot of time playing Donkey Kong oh, yeah. mini games you know but I they could have been good right them. they could have they could have been good with, yeah. with a bit of thought and effort I, I think you could make some seriously fun mini games with oh, with bongos I, I, I think the most fun mini game is that person playing with four bongo sets in front of him <laughs> I think that's more fun than any mini game in that game unfortunately mm. but yeah well I think they you know. if the Making more of an effort to actually build something out is kind of what results in in uh, Jungle Beat, right? Like if they if the effort that they're going to put in to do something that is not just a straight up rhythm game, uh, it seems like kind of went somewhere else. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a very different pro- uh, prospect, Jungle yeah. Beat, as we will discover. Excited to talk about that one. <laughs> Brazenhead89 from the forum says, For a game so simple, so limited when compared to the music games that would emerge in years since, Donkey Konga has somehow endured all three console generations since to become a game I still come back to and introduce new people to. I remember buying my own copy after playing it at a friend's house. I took it up to university with me and introduced it to a couple more of my Wii-owning friends. They too sought their own copies of Donkey Konga, and we soon had a dorm room lined up with DK bongos and multiple copies of the game. (laughs) My sister lived in the same city and ended up buying a copy of her own after an impromptu visit to one of our late-night drunken Donkey Konga marathons. Anyway, long story short, it's over ten years later and I still have five of these bloody plastic bongos cluttering up my cupboard. I'm pretty sure I only paid for two of them, but I'll be damned if I'm getting rid of them. Donkey Konga is cute, simple and silly enough to remain an excellent party game. It's also a smash hit with my non-gamer friends, as many of them never owned any console before or since the Wii. I can bring it to parties, plug it into their dust-coated Wii console and have a living room of people hopelessly addicted thanks to its dirt-simple playstyle. Also, as somebody mentioned earlier in the comments, it's fun to shout swear words instead of clapping. I never did that. I'm going to have to start. You can still do that. (laughs) Yes. There's still time. (laughs) 
I certainly don't play it as often as I used to and can no longer cane Supergrasses all right on the hardest setting, but I've too many memories of the joy it's brought to me and my friends old and new to ever part with my copy. It'll stay with me for the foreseeable future. So too with this professional level playing advice, don't clap when the game asks of it, simply flick the side of the bongo. It'll activate the microphone and you'll almost look like a competent percussionist in the process. <laughs> Mikhail, who has been playing Jungle Beat on stream, as I say, is absolutely a purist about clapping. He won't shout. He won't slap the sides. Good for him. He, he feels it's that clapping is standards. the only way to do it. It does sound good on the stream. I will say that, the, the, the clapping stuff. But anyway, I'm a slapper. <laughs> um, I'm a tapper. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A slapper I, I tapper. also tap. <laughs> Slappity tappity. We also have the entire trilogy of Donkey Kong games summed up in just three words. How did we do that? How did you do that, Brian? Rinse, wash, repeat, bongos, and sound-alikes. Uh, Andrew Elmore says, Jungle is massive. <laughs> Bearfish Pie says, Mighty, mighty bongo tones. <laughs> Simon Slough says, Bonkers bongo bash fest. Pecan Pie says, Bingo, bango, bongo. They all had bongo in except <laughs> one. <laughs> I was Bongo's a gonna, fun word. <laughs> it is a fun word. I was also gonna, uh, almost going to tweet, but you know, bonus points if you don't actually feature the word bongo. Uh, but that would have only left us with one three-word review. So there we are. Okay, summing up our feelings on a trilogy of games or two uh, for half of us at least. Um, and yeah, for me and Darren, really, we haven't spent too much time with three, but you kind of know the deal. Yeah, uh, Donkey Konga bongos, Brian. <laughs> um, yeah, I played I played that out of these games um, in college. It's it's still a lot of fun to play with another friend. Um, my buddy uh, Tom came over a couple weekends ago, and I I told him I'd been playing the games to kind of get because um, he saw the bongos out. He's like, "Oh, you've been playing that?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm getting ready for this podcast about it." And we sat down and we played for maybe an hour, hour and a half, just goofing around, playing the dumb stuff. We played. Um, we played uh, the Bingo is Your Name-O at high speed and just was, you know, trying to screw each other up. It, it, it's, it's a ton of fun to play with somebody else still. Um, I do think that in if you view it over the scope of all rhythm games, like, do you need to go back and play Donkey Konga to, to get a sense of where rhythm games come from? No, there's, there's other rhythm games that you probably get as good of a sense, and they're probably better products for, you know, actual rhythm games. But for that, like part of me that would never wants to let go of any piece of Nintendo history. Like I look over and I see these mm -hmm. bongo controllers on the table and it's just like, yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Like it brings mm -hmm. that sense of just like, it reminds you that sometimes Nintendo with the help of others and, and somebody championing it, it is willing to take that weird step that like forces you in a interesting direction, either with a peripheral or a weird crossover. And that, um, that spirit to kind of just, you know, to, to kind of throw caution in the wind and do something different just for difference sake i think that's not any more evident in any other product than donkey konga so it's totally worth going back to if you can get your hand on it relatively inexpensively i'd say it's it'd be well worth your while uh to, to go back to so yeah i had a blast revisiting it again and and these donkey konga controllers aren't going away anytime soon so hmm smashing thanks to that legendary durability <laughs> leah donkey konga yeah, I I um I agree with a lot of what what uh, Brian was saying, and and I would add that it's I I think that it can be worth even keeping around today, just because I I mean yes, there's 
things like Rock Band and the later Guitar Hero games. And, and there's a ton of, of rhythm games now uh, and music games just in general. But some of them at, are, are a little bit more difficult to get into. Donkey Konga is so simple. Uh, as, as a couple of our, our correspondents mentioned, you know, you, you don't really have to know video games or know what you're doing or know music. You know, you just have to know to hit the bongo. And it's, it's forgiving enough that even people who really don't do this a whole lot are going to have fun with it. Uh, you know, it's a great party game. Uh, it's, it's simple and enough that it, it hasn't really aged that poorly. I mean, may, maybe the covers have. It is the, the song lists, I will say, are definitely of a time. Like, I can, I can just, it's, it's, I can very much go to a time with these song lists. Um, and uh, I, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's, it's fun. And um, even playing by myself uh, over the past couple of days um, has been, has been fun too. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree that I don't think that it's uh, an, an essential part of, of anybody's uh maybe games of all time but it's uh it's something that i i think has stood up well enough to continue to be played today uh under the right circumstances so uh yeah i recommend it if you can find them thank you yeah the accessibility the party play aspect and the the sort of simplistic fun nature of this is i think where it thrives um the fact that such a yeah it's kind of a even though they made 3 of them they all feel like quite bare bones packages in a way you've got a reasonable amount of music to play. And if you, if you enjoy the simple act of bashing things in time with music, then there's a huge amount of fun to be had here. But yeah, there's no single player mode to speak of. These games really do come alive when you've got pals around, even if it's just a couple of you, that makes a huge difference. I mentioned that fond new year's Eve memory I have, but, yeah, I've not. I think, as I say, I think maybe I've got to play with three people with somebody on a controller before, but that's not really where I think the the ideal scenario is. The ideal scenario is one I've never actually been able to enjoy, which is uh, four people, four sets of bongos, or yeah, you know, even four plus people watching if you want, and kind of make a. I, I had a lot of fun with rock band sessions of that nature, but um, Donkey Konga had kind of mostly gone out of heavy rotation by that stage. But that said, I think, yeah, there, I think there are still scenarios where this set of games, even over the Tyco games, which is still an ongoing concern, could thrive just because of the super simplistic, accessible and fun nature of it. Um, so, yeah, definitely worth keeping around, especially if you're one of those lucky people who still has uh, drunken, not necessarily drunken, but possibly drunken local play sessions with friends and uh and yeah, you can you can even sing along to the ludicrous covers of. Uh... Oh, ludicrous is in this. I didn't. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> the stupid, stupid hits from the uh, from back in the day. Darren, no blue double D, so I'm not impressed. <laughs> no, yeah, uh, Donkey Konga one two and the, the smidgen of three, which is kind of like the. the it's basically two with more songs in my opinion like you see the menu and it's like oh that's just like two in terms of they change the colors darren come on oh of course <laughs> yeah why not uh, go for it charge 60 quid anyway yeah no um as an overall thing donkey konga now for me is very much the same as it was back then it was kind of a a novelty fun thing to do in between other games you know and, and now there's not that many rhythm action games you know with giant plastic uh instruments to play around with in 2020 but um 
yeah, you know, I, I, it's always had that kind of novelty factor of just like, you know, I really fancy just playing on some bongos for a few minutes. And yeah, that's, that's how I feel about it now. It's not a, a very memorable kind of, like all these kind of rhythm games in the past, I've got specific memories and I have got one with a woman walking past the window. And that's kind of like, that's more about the people next door to me rather than the game itself. But with, with rhythm games, I've always got this kind of like, oh, I remember playing that one track and it was really good. Or me and my brother playing rock band in co-op and having really struggling on some Boston track or Metallica track or something. And just, and then, you know, and then conquering it. This game, you just stick on and just go, that was there. That was all right. That was a nice little romp for me. And it's just like, yeah, that was fine. And then just turn it off. Like nothing from the presentation really sticks out other than it all looking rather bootleg. And the, you know, the, the cover tracks are kind of just a bit like, Oh, okay. Yeah, these aren't uh, actual people singing the songs, but that's fine. And you know, the game just kind of comes and goes, and it's it's just as well that it is a kind of a pleasant game to play as well in terms of difficulty. Because if it did throw up any like major challenge, and even though Gorilla is there, you know, if it did kind of punish you in in massive ways on normal difficulty, so to speak, um, yeah, I would have found it kind of quite easy to turn off. Uh, I, you know, as much as I love Donkey Kong as a, as a franchise, Donkey Kong for me it will always remain that kind of series. Where it's just like let's just pop it on for a few minutes and just see this, this, this silly game and have a good time. You know, maybe that was intent um, from, from minute one with its um, design. But yeah, for me, not a classic, but you know, the novelty of the bongos will shine through. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'd recommend it, but only if someone else has got a pair. <laughs> yes. Like so many things. And also good if you, for parents, I mean, there's no, there's, there's n- never going to be a point where if you, if you played this game, back in the day or or any point and then you have kids and they get to a certain age there's kids are always going to like to interact with this at a certain age aren't they right mm, yeah oh yeah I mean, everyone likes hitting things sure yeah yeah and you know there's no there's no reason not to smack a bonga that's that's the design isn't it so you're there just <laughs> yeah. to just to do as it as nature intended they're there to be brutalized but if anything <laughs> it has <laughs> it has um it has furthered my interest in taiko on the switch now that mm. i know that i can you know, make a, 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 a semi amount of noise in the house um, with obviously. It's quite loud. I will say that it's uh, yeah. the the drum you get with it is pretty rackety. But uh, okay, they just lost the sale. But yeah, um, <laughs> it's good. You know, though. The, with, with Tyco being developed by Nanco and the Donkey Kong thing being like a like a essential reskin. Yeah, you know, and that kind of you you, you appreciate it for what it is, and you know, I'm, I'm glad it exists. But yeah, I don't think if they were to do a HD version with a brand new set of Switch bongos. I don't think I would spend out the money to hmm. to get it. Hmm. Okay, there we go. So it remains for me, Leon, to thank Brian, Darren and Leah, as well as our correspondents, and to you for listening. And next time, in issue 406, wander into a two-hour conversation on the semantic differences between a remake and a remaster, or possibly something slightly less desiccated in our aggro Shadow of the Colossus 2018 podcast. So I say the first bit and then you say the second bit. Donkey Konga. Oh, no.